Help me out here. Uh, yo, we're recording, and there's a beat playing right now that we can't even hear. Hell yeah. <laughs> yo, this is the Help Me Out Here podcast. This is episode 20, dude. You're my special 20th episode guest. Hell yeah. This is uh, the Help Me Out Here podcast, and I'm with my good friend, Peter Barnes. Thank What's you, up, boy? Not a whole lot. Thanks for having me. Dude, of course. You're on this tour with us. Yep. Yeah, so right now, Earth Groans, uh, my band, is on a tour called the Pit and Rift Tour with O Sleeper and the Agony Scene. And one thing we really wanted to do on this tour was have some daily videos. And Peter here is our videographer, also doing some photos yep. almost every night. Every night. And just absolutely killing it. Hell yeah, thank you. Dude, thanks for being on this tour. For yeah, real. I'm so happy to be on this tour. It's, it's, it's been, been it's been so, so crazy. Yeah, it's been wild. We uh we give you a lot of crap. Yeah, but we love you so much. <laughs> it's also it's, my first tour. So. Yeah, it is your first tour. So what is it? What has it been like? Been on your first tour? There is so much that I've learned in the past <laughs> month that I didn't even know I was gonna learn. Okay, like what? That I have sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> Such a big thing. <laughs> the thing is, I live alone. I live alone. Oh, that's true. So I don't have anyone to tell me that I snore like a chainsaw. <laughs> I don't have anyone to tell me that. And within one day of this tour, I have Brady like punching me while I'm sleeping, being like, yo, I'm concerned for your health. <laughs> Both Katie, like there, there have been so many times on this tour where I'll be in a green room with Caden and Brady, and they're both like, "We're actually concerned for you." <laughs> like, there are nights where it sounds like you stop breathing. Yeah, it sounds like you choke. Sometimes. Yeah, it, it does. So I learned that. Maybe this tour saved your life. Maybe it did. I don't know. Oh. Uh, so that's my first thing when I get home is wow. to go get checked out for <laughs> sleep apnea. But. Um, I, think, I, mean, there's, I love that you started. <laughs> there's just been there's just been so much. I think van living was huge. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much more. It's um, a crazy concept. Yeah, I've learned so much more about what I can handle, what like how much clothes I need to bring, you know, how how gross I get in a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. Like it's important, and I think it's going to change how I live my everyday life. Just like when I consider, like, am I actually gross right now? I don't know. I feel like this tour, we've been very fortunate with like the amount of showers we've had. Oh, totally. The amount of the amount of Planet Fitness stops we've made and that kind of stuff. I think that's really helped us keep ourselves at a much better place. Yeah, I wish you could have toured with us three years ago. I don't. It was terrible. I don't. Our hygiene. Oh man, I don't even like thinking about it because yeah. our hygiene was way lower. We didn't know about the Planet Fitness hack. Uh -huh. And for anybody out there interested in the Planet Fitness hack, if you're traveling, get the Planet Fitness black card. It's 20 bucks a month, but you can go to any Planet Fitness in the country, unlimited amount of times, shower or workout. We've done both on the yep. sewer a lot. Yeah, one guest. So it just helps your overall health if you want to exercise for 20 minutes or an hour and then yep. shower. Changes the game. It's unbelievable how much better you'll feel. Just after like a 15 minute workout. Yeah. It's good. What? It's just so good for your brain it's too. It's so good. It's like a reset. I, I think I went into this tour because you said that three years ago you guys had really bad hygiene. I think I imagined that was still the case when I went, when I, when Jeremy offered me this tour. Okay. I'm like, all right, we're going to be road dogging it <laughs> like hardcore, like no showers, you know, three pairs of underwear, two shirts. Like that's what I envisioned going into this tour. So I actually thought that I overpacked because I brought <laughs> two pairs of pants, seven shirts, 10 pairs of underwear, That's and, like, and like as many pairs of socks as I could fit. And I thought I was overpacking. I have since discovered I underpacked. It's, I feel like if you're going on tour for a month, there's no way to pack enough things without bringing a ton of bags. Yeah. You have I, limitations. Right, we do. And I, I sort of treated it as like an airplane. Yeah. You know, what could I bring onto an airplane? And that's what I brought for a month. Four-wheeled um, red airplane. Pretty much. And I think <laughs> I I think that's part of the reason why I had such a hard adjustment at the beginning. Because in my head, I'm like, I could have brought way more. Knowing what I know now, I'm like, I could have brought more pants, more underwear. I could have made it fit. 
but I just thought that I wouldn't have to. Because right. I thought, because I think everyone else in the band just had a higher expectation of cleanliness of everybody than I imagined. So I come here and I'm like, okay, I haven't showered for three days and I've been wearing the same pair of underwear for four days. In my head, I'm like, that's normal on tour. And then I sit down and Brady's like, fuck you. Go shower. Go change your underwear. And I'm like, bro, do I, am I supposed to change my underwear every single day? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. Uh, also, Brady is the most sensitive about that. Yeah. And we're a family of four. Right. And bringing a new person in, and it's their first tour, it's, we were kind of cranky at the beginning, but yeah. it's just, it's it just is. bringing a new person because we probably had false expectations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Expecting you to fully get what touring yeah. is about. That's just, and that's unreasonable on our part. Yeah. So hopefully we haven't made you no, feel bad. No. Because we love once, you. Once you told me, <laughs> I remember a very distinct moment where I clicked was I got in the van. We, Here, were, keep the mic we were driving. I forgot where we were driving to. We were driving somewhere. <laughs> you're driving. And then an hour in, you're just like, I smell someone's butthole. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, is that me? And then you were like, I'm pretty sure it's you. And you asked me like, how many days I've been wearing this underwear? And I'm like, four. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like death. <laughs> Uh, and I think once you, because I, I kind of learned very quickly that Brady was very sensitive about that stuff. But once you told me, I'm like, damn, <laughs> I got to change some stuff. That's so. so funny. And there's only so much you can do. Yeah, you it know, really you is. You can use baby wipes. It's like, if you don't, even if you get a shower, sometimes you don't have clean clothes afterwards. And also, like, right now, we're literally in Florida with no AC. And it's so hot. There's nothing you can do to prevent sweating. Even when you're you, in Florida, if you no wake AC. up, you shower, put clean clothes on. Within two hours, oh you're, my god, you're sweaty again. It's gross. So, and also, like we have leather seats in the van. That's true. That does not help. I did not think about that. Uh, so I've slowly gone from feeling bad about myself, about smelling bad, to just understanding that that's how it is. Mm -hmm. Like I can only do so much. Everybody so, is different too. Yeah. So you you after a lot of touring, you figure out how many days you can go without certain things or when right. you should change clothes. Because I still, I only bring two pairs of pants, yeah, like five shirts, and then all the underwear and socks I have. Yeah. I think if I had, I think if I had brought three pairs of pants, I think I'd be good. Because I ended up buying these shorts that I'm wearing. Yeah. And that really helped a lot because, like, I don't have to wear the sweats and I don't have to wear the jeans. But... I think if I had known that, I would have brought three pairs of pants, and that would yeah, have been golden. For sure. And another thing is, this tour in particular, which you can't predict, is full of long drives. Oh my god, yeah. So, we have one tonight. Yeah, exactly. Nine hours. So you can't really do laundry every time nope. because, oh, we're getting in the van, we're driving four hours overnight, five hours in the morning, then we're at the show, we're playing to the show yep. right away. Yep. So it's just, it's just part of the game, you know, baby? Yep. I've grown very accustomed in this month to uh, getting ready in like venue bathrooms. So like, I don't think you guys don't even see it because y'all are loading gear, but usually once we get to a venue, the first thing I do is I grab my dude wipes, I grab gold bond and my shampoo and a towel. And I go to the venue bathroom, I wash my hair in the sink, I wipe off all my areas <laughs> with dude wipes, the and, then I, and then I get butt ass naked. <laughs> And I just spray Gold Bond everywhere. <laughs> what? Okay, I've actually never used Gold Bond. Really? What does it do? So Gold Bond prevents like swamp ass. Okay. So all the sweating that happens like here. Yeah, right in the you crotch just, region. You spray that area with Gold Bond. It's basically a body powder, but in a spray. Okay. Um, and they do actually have a body powder version, but it's like a huge bottle, mm -hmm. so it's hard to bring on tour. Um, and it just like helps you stay not sweaty. Beautiful. Uh, it's been it's been amazing now that I know that it exists. Yeah, it's a good hack. I yeah. actually I'll try that out. Yeah, it's pretty rad. But um, all of this crazy tour talk to say we're so thankful to have you. I'm on thankful tour, to be on for here. real, and I'm thank thankful to have you on my podcast. Thank you to everybody watching. If you're watching within the first week that this is out, that means you're a patron. Thank you so much, everybody else. If you're listening on only audio, 
you're missing out because I'm with my very sexy, talented friend Peter. <laughs> And I got a new haircut. You do have a new haircut. Which I'm very stoked it's about. It's been rocking the whole Instagram game. It's just been changing my life. Yeah. It's honestly so nice because my girlfriend thinks I'm more attractive. My mother thinks I'm more handsome. I look a little better in pictures. And there's no hair hitting my face while yeah. I'm playing. Huge. And when we're in Huge. Florida, it's it's nice to feel the little short hairs on the back of my neck. Yeah. And it probably takes way less time for your hair to dry. Yep. It, oh, yeah. That's so that's true. That's huge. So true. I used to have long hair, and that's what I remember. It was like <laughs> it taking an hour and a half for me to dry my hair. Okay. Just my hair. So the longest I've seen your hair was from a video you put on YouTube, which it's it wasn't much longer than it is now, so I don't that know. That was the guitar spin one. The guitar. Oh, Please. you haven't seen my, you have not seen my <laughs> um, sh- long hair. Let me also look at this new Facebook update. Weird. It's weird. I don't like Facebook. I don't either. Um, um, while you're finding that photo, can you tell our beautiful audience about the guitar spin video? Okay, so <laughs> much like Zach, I have had a huge um, attraction to YouTube for pretty much ever since like 2010. Um, way before me. Way before, yeah, way before you. Um, so when I was younger, I started playing guitar in 2007 so pretty much like right after i started i had this dream of (laughs) having a successful youtube channel purely based off of guitar covers and part of that ended up being guitar lessons so i would like oh what can i teach someone like what can i and i think actually to this day i still carry that same intuition because my youtube channel now is almost all education based and i think that's really key but I was maybe a little bit um, premature. Hey, check us out. Okay, so this is me with long. This is the longest my hair has been. Oh my goodness! Yeah, let me, if you could send me that, I'll, I'll put send it you, in the video. I will send you this. Right where, when we're done where are with we? This. At? We're at thirty. Wait, how long have we been recording? Eleven minutes fifty seconds. Okay. Okay, sick. I'll, I'll send you that. this. You'll pop it up there. Sweet. Um, <laughs> but so one of the things that I thought was really cool was I learned how to do a guitar spin where you, you, you throw a guitar around yourself and it comes back around. Yeah, baby. And I did it differently than a lot of, like, the mainstream bands at the time were doing did it. Did you go backwards? No, I, w- I went... No, I did go backwards. Yeah. I threw it this way. And most of the people that I had seen doing it were throwing it the other way. Oh, so yeah, I'm like, like, behind them. Exactly, okay. exactly. Remember, forwards. this is back, like, when guitar spins were cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so cool. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a video explaining like not only how to do a guitar spin but like why to do a guitar spin oh and, baby like, thing things that you might not think about when you do a guitar spin so the philosophy the philosophy behind it of guitar so spins. i had a little crappy laptop at the time that was my a crap only top really crap top <laughs> i had no camera so i had to use the laptop's webcam <laughs> okay that's why it's four by five gotcha. like i had this webcam and I had a guitar that had been broken, so it had no hardware. So I could literally just toss it around. It was fine. Um, so I made a video explaining how to do a guitar spin. And somehow, over the years, this video got 14,000 views. <laughs> it's a funny video it's, to it's, this day. It's, I love showing it to people that I've known for a long time but that don't know that part about me. Yeah. Because so many of like my longtime friends, like my band members, they all remember that part of my life. But so many of the friends that I meet now that I've known for a long time, they have no idea that there is <laughs> this gold mine. It blew my mind when I saw it, I think, last year. Yeah, I think it, it was after we were hanging out with Amanda and Levi in, oh, Link- yeah. in Lincoln. Oh my and that's gosh. when I showed you that video. Oh yeah, at that restaurant. Yeah, Highway Diner. Yeah, yeah. Oh my lord. Um, yeah, I pooped. <laughs> Isn't there in the background? Don't you have duct tape spelling yeah, words yeah, yeah. out like so, "I love music" or something? I was living in my mom's basement because I was a fucking teenager. It made <laughs> sense. Um, but I had put like these mantras on the wall, so I'd had like "music equals life" in duct tape. <laughs> On the wall. You should honestly link this video. I will. You need to link. Okay, I'll put he's, in the comments. He's going to link the video that we're talking about, and you should watch it, and just, <laughs> it's glorious. And I think I, it was so funny, because for so many years, the, <laughs> the way I brought it up into conversation was that, like, I have a YouTube video with over 10,000 views. Dude, that's a, an accomplishment. And so I would always bring that up, and then I'd show them, and they're like, how the fuck does this have? 
14,000 views. Um, I think it's such a good video. Yeah, but that record's since been broken. I have a video on my channel with 20,000 views. Yeah, baby. Uh, what's in my bag. So is it much better? I don't really know. I think the guitar video is better. I, I'm just going to say it. Honestly, probably right, but it's <laughs> it's glorious. Dude, I, I'm it very is. happy that it exists. So right now, your main... Tell everybody what your main work career stuff is. Yeah. And how old are you? So I'm 22. You're so, okay. You're so 22. young, and you're kicking butt. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Tell tell us what's going on with career stuff. So I am actually a full time wedding photographer, which no one would guess based on where I'm at right now. <laughs> True. But wedding photography is a relatively new thing for me. I've been doing it for about three years, and actually, the whole photography thing is actually somewhat relatively new because I didn't start taking pictures till 2015. Oh my god. So it's gosh. actually it's actually really only been like you grew so fast. a, a four-year career path for me. But you're and also kind of you're also kind of one of those genius people though. Thank you. <laughs> you you learn stuff really fast. Yeah, I, I I do tend to pick things up pretty quickly. So wedding photography came very naturally. I love people and I actually don't consider myself to be that much of like a creative person, like as far as generating ideas, hmm. but I'm really, really good at documenting people's day to day and finding a way to present that. So wedding photography was very natural to me, um, but I didn't start that way. I actually started shooting concerts, which is how I got into this whole situation I'm in now um, because I play guitar for so much of my life. I'm in a band, so. Yeah, how old are you when you start playing guitar? Uh, 11. Okay. So it's been for, for a very significant portion of my life. Yeah. So when I became a photographer, shooting concerts was a very, very natural next step. So that's kind of how I learned. That's how I developed my skills. You could, because you could probably predict what people were going to be doing yeah. on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You weren't and going in also blind. like, I'm so comfortable in that environment because right. I've been playing shows for so long that I never thought like, do I have to ask someone to bring my camera in? I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I don't really care. Yeah. And it's funny, people now ask me how do I start shooting concerts and the answer is just to do it just bring it no one cares a band's never gonna get mad at you as long as there's no barricade you're fine um bands are usually stoked dude e like even to get decent quality photos for even free. if your work sucks they're not gonna be mad at you for it yeah so exactly. like it's it's a it's a great way to start so that is how I got into photography and over time my workload shifted from concerts to portraits of people so like senior portraits and then eventually that transitioned into shooting couples which transitioned into shooting weddings which is where i feel the most like my talents are being used awesome because with weddings i'm not really trying to create things you're documenting i'm documenting I and that's that. where i feel so much more i feel so much more driven to do that and i much less trying to create something out of nothing well what's cool is i feel like what you're doing with weddings is still really unique because yeah. so I did weddings pretty much full time for three years doing the video side of things. Right. And I would always watch what photographers were doing on, on wedding days. And I feel like a lot of wedding photographers set a lot of things up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool that you have this document yeah. documentary style to your photos. Yeah. I love that. The thing with wedding photography that I actually really enjoy is that photography is very secondary in what I'm doing. My whole thing when I'm shooting a wedding is that I'm there for my couple to help them make their day go smoothly. And I just take pictures while I'm doing it. And being a good people person is so much more important than your photography skills when you're shooting a wedding. So for me, I try to let things go as naturally as they could, but I'm just documenting it. I, and I just don't like to waste time trying to set up pictures that are going to visually look very nice but they aren't really going to mean a whole lot to the couple right. when they look back in like 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that's really what's informed my choice because I've seen, I've seen exactly what you saw with a lot of photographers setting stuff up. And besides just the whole reasoning behind it, it just takes so much time. It does. And it's something you don't have a lot of on a wedding. So yeah. I'd rather just not use that time to create visually attractive images and use that time to capture what's already happening, what's already in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I bet thing. when a couple sees a moment and they didn't even know you were yep. photographing it, 100%. I bet that's so much more shocking than, oh, here's that picture of when we had to stand really still for yep. 10 seconds yep. and kiss until our lips got crusty. Yep. No, that's huge. And 
thing is like our memories are so flawed in that we forget stuff so fast. Like literally we have four shows left on this tour. And if I asked you what was the 12th show we played, oh. you'd, have, you'd be like, I have no idea. Generally, I can't remember where we played two days ago. And that's the way most people are. Yeah. And most people have really flawed memories. So as a photographer, I'm getting to capture the stuff that's so fleeting. The stuff, because there have been so many instances at weddings where there's a really beautiful mm-hmm. moment shared between a couple and like within five seconds it's gone because something else is happening. Yeah. And being able to freeze that and give it back to them in a really physical way in like a very tangible way hmm. is really cool. And that's kind of what keeps me doing it is knowing that I'm doing that for couples. It feels much more important than just taking pretty pictures. I love that. Yeah. What a cool approach. Thank you. It's crazy that you have that figured out at age 22. <laughs> you know? I've had a lot of good mentors. So I, yeah. I guess I've had a lot of good advice from people. So you think, obviously you probably think mentorship is probably pretty key. Oh my God, yeah. How, do you, how does somebody get into that who's, like, when in your photography or videography career path do you get a mentor? When you feel like you want to quit. <laughs> because I feel like a mentorship is the fastest way to get yourself not just out of a creative rut because creative ruts are all the time, but I feel like a mentor can help get you out of a, like a business rut, a life rut because there are so many times in a freelance business, even just forget about weddings. Like just when you're a freelancer, there are so many times where you feel like you're going nowhere and that like, you're not where you want to be. And a mentor can really help you, see a new perspective, but also give you the confidence to just go back even harder and, and make yourself that much better. And so for me, I've had a lot of mentors over my short career that I think have been very, very powerful in helping me develop not only just, not just my skills, but like my business philosophies. And I think the reason why I'm not burnt out on shooting weddings is the fact that this philosophy of capturing moments and not creating images was imbued into me at a very, very early point okay. in my career. So that's something you got from a mentorship? Yes, 100%. Because I was just going to ask if you have a couple of maybe pieces of philosophy or advice to share that you've gained from mentorship. Yeah. That could be really cool if you're that's, down. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I think that's the biggest one, um, that photography is secondary when you're shooting weddings, it's so much more important that you're a good people person and that you can, you develop your empathy skills. That's so, so key, um, to being a good wedding photographer, because a lot of the responsibility falls on you to make sure the day goes well. Most of the weddings that I shoot don't have wedding planners. So that job ends up falling on me more times than not. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And that's the thing. It's like, that's also why weddings are so hard because, there's so much happening and you don't get to like think about your photos. They kind of just have to happen. Um, I think that's actually served me very well here in that I don't really think about what's happening. I don't think about what I'm shooting. I'm just shooting whatever's happening. Um, Another really great piece of advice is the way that you treat like your leads is a direct effect. It directly affects how much you can charge. Okay. So then we start talking about money a little bit. Yeah. Um, the better you treat people, I guess I, I'm trying to think how to say this. The more value you give up front without asking for money will allow you to ask for more money. Okay. So for me, I still do a lot of free work, even though like I would consider myself in a relatively established place. I still do a lot of free work because I know that giving more value up front will then lead to more lucrative opportunities down the road. Yeah. A good example is like for you guys, for example, like you guys did not ask me to come shoot your concerts, but I did every single time. And that, You're talking about before, in our past relationship in the past yeah, few years, not this before tour. Before the tour, before, yeah, not, right. not this tour. I would say this tour was sort of like a culmination of all of my very, very intentional efforts over the years in that I never asked you guys for money to shoot any of your shows, I just showed up and did it. Look even at you. though, even though literally you would tell me, "Hey, you don't have to shoot tonight," I would still do it because I know that giving you that content then put me in top of mind 
whenever you needed something a little more specific. So, for huh. example, <laughs> when we needed to shoot a music video, I remember Jeremy calling me and saying, hey, we want you to shoot a music video for us, or help us shoot well, a music video. And he asked me, obviously, because I'm directing our right, music videos, right. he asked me who I'd want, and I was like, the only person I want is Peter. Right. Because I trust your work. Exactly. And, and that's, You weaseled your way into my life. I exactly, love it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, I do that for a lot of people. It, it, sounds, it might sound like a little... It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I think it's. I think you are genuinely giving value. To, it's just being to intentional. It's yeah. being really, really intentional. Understanding that, like, you're not. You have to show what you're worth before you can ask someone to pay you for that worth. I think it's a lot of photographers get stuck in the "I'm only gonna work for money," which I mean makes sense, but there has to be a level of giving before you ask for something. Gary Vee says this great in the, I think it's like jab, 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 right hook or whatever. Okay. And that you're giving so much before you ask for something. Hmm. So for me, I gave you guys all this photo content so that way you guys eventually asked me to do video work that I then asked money for. Right. And especially like I knew that in my mind that a tour with Earth Groans was sort of like a goal that hmm. I wanted to hit. So I, I never that, realized that. So I knew that if I continued producing good work for you guys, that that this kind of opportunity would come at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and it got weird because, like, I had a point where I stopped shooting concerts almost completely and focused entirely on weddings. Um, and because of that, it made it very difficult to schedule tours. And also, I remember Jeremy and I had a conversation. Uh, I think we were shooting... The it might have been the driving out music video okay. all those years ago. Yeah. Or I think I actually it was that video shoot. Jeremy and I were we were driving to the location and where he said, Hey, I want to take you on the road with us. And I'm like, that'd be awesome. And I forget why it didn't happen. That was like four years it ago. It was a long time ago. Wow. Um so it didn't happen for some reason. I think I was like I'm in oh yeah, I was in school. I was in college. Oh yeah. Like I had a life, I had stuff going on, I had a full I had a part time job. All this stuff, photography hadn't even become like my job yet. It was just something I did. Um, so it didn't happen. And then that's when the weddings happened. And then you guys brought on other photographers. Because at this point, this was the one of the first pieces of video content that I had done for Earth Groans was this driving out music video. And I was still only just assisting what you were doing. Um, so you brought out a bunch of other talented photographers to a point where when I eventually dropped out of college and quit my job I remember, I remember going to jeremy and i was like hey i quit i quit my job i dropped out of school i'm ready to tour he was like oh we're good like we don't need you oh i remember frick. i remember that happening who, do, who did we have out with us that uh, time? i think it was nance i think he had nance out. okay yeah and like i i wasn't mad i'm like they have great talent coming with them nance is so good and it, it became another it became another issue Security. security's watching us right yeah. now just keep talking it became <laughs> another situation of like i have to you know prove my value before i can expect you guys to take me out on tour yeah um so what i started doing was except and this is this wasn't all because of earth Crones, but i started to do way more video content Aside from weddings, so you I got have my, good quick too. Yeah, yeah, so I have my wedding videos. I sorry, I, I had my wedding photography business that was pretty stable at this point, but I started to do way more video content. So I was shooting more concert videos. Um, I started shooting videos for Relentless merch, which got in front of Jeremy a lot. Um, and I started doing all this stuff that eventually just kind of showed you guys that I'm an option for a video. So that when this tour happened and you guys wanted more video content, it was then way easier for me to say, let's go on tour. And I think that that's eventually, I think that's what ultimately got me the offer in the first place. Because I remember um, last time I was talking to Jeremy about the tour, he said that he wanted to do something more video heavy. Um, so then when I got the offer and I said yes, um, he called me and we just had a conversation about what should we do, what kind of content we should make. And it was totally video centric. Yeah. Um, and, 100%. I, and I think the part of that was that the photographers you had brought previously had no experience doing video right. or they, they weren't, they weren't putting out video content that gave you the confidence that it would be good. If yeah. You brought them on tour. Or I would have had to take the footage and work on it, which right. is like another right. job for exactly. me that exactly. I don't want to do on tour. Right. 
So it ended up being a much easier decision um, for you guys to bring me because I was already producing that work. And we're totally in the groove now. Yeah, I mean, everything, honestly, the tour's over and it's like just getting I like know. good. Like it's, we have like five shows, four shows left. So our last tour was six weeks and by the fourth week, I could not wait to go home. Really? And now we're in the fourth, almost the fourth week of this tour and it's like, oh, I wish we had two more. Dude, right? Because we found the groove, we're really hanging with the other bands well. Yeah. But um, I guess we'll just have to do it again. Just do it again. Um, but I got to talk about your videos for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started at the beginning of this tour with mostly live footage yep. to our songs. It mm -hmm. was cool. And then after cool. four days, I was like, we should try vlog-ish yeah, yeah, yeah. style. And you, you started to incorporate more candid video. Yep. And now it's almost completely it's candid. It's almost completely. There have been a few that have no live footage. And it's so good. It's good. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They're like mini tour vlogs. It really is. Oh man, yeah, I, yeah, they're so good, dude. You're killing it. Thank you, I appreciate it. It was actually it was frustrating at the beginning because and I, things were changing so fast, um, and I felt like I had a hard time keeping up to it because yeah, I tried, I I, 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 I didn't try, I did, I did daily stuff every single day, and the difficult, the, the nice thing about the live videos was that all I had to shoot was your performance, and I had the rest of the day to edit and take photos. Um, and as those videos started to change, it meant that I had to film more of the day. I see what you're saying. So by now, and even now, it's like I'm hardly filming your set anymore. I'm filming the one song for the music video and then like 20 seconds of slow-mo that I can put at the end of the video if I need it. Um, and now it's I'm filming everything else, yeah. And which, is, which I like, but it's stressful. Like it's hard. It's much harder to do that. Um, so it's been a nice challenge. Um, You're doing a great job. Thank though. you. I appreciate it. It's good to know because like I, there have definitely been days where like I'm nervous that the video is not going to turn out. Oh, because it's it's hard. It's 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 so much like I'm trying to think to myself like I can't film 100 percent of the time. That's not feasible. Oh, and that would be that would just kill you. It would be annoying. <laughs> that would be horrible. It'd be annoying. So for me, I had to be much more intentional about okay, when am I going to film? When am I not going to film? Um, and just like making sure that I was getting the content that I needed to make a cohesive video by the end of it. And yeah. that was kind of where the stress came in. And there were definitely a few days where I'm like, I'm so annoyed at what I'm doing right now mm -hmm. because I'd much rather just do live footage. But I know that from a content standpoint, the tour vlogs are going to be such a more powerful thing well people want to see what we're doing aside from the shows yeah because yeah. the shows are accessible yeah the behind the scenes is not secret, accessible you yeah. know and until I think, we have a camera i think this has been such a i think this tour was very experimental this tour as far as from a media perspective right was so experimental and it was just testing and trying and seeing what was gonna work um, then we found the groove. We and found the groove. So, I think, so I, think, I think now what's so great, I think the ideal, and obviously I'm, I'm sure Jeremy and I are going to talk about this at some point, but I think the ideal situation is live photos because live photos are really cool, but then vlog style videos. I love because, that because, idea. Because live videos, those are also super cool. Um, but I think a live photo is just as cool for that but i think candid videos are far and away so much better than candid photos yeah because, because you're seeing the personality yeah, of each and you're person. hearing it yeah like i i and i think it's like candid photos like i just think they're boring mm -hmm. because so much like i guarantee like 80 percent of what you guys do that isn't in the video is just like sleeping and like texting yeah, and it's like, like sure I could take photos of you guys sleeping and texting, but like that's not gonna tell a whole no lot of the story. But when you have a one minute video of Jeremy and Seth from Oh Sleeper having a sweat off, <laughs> so for those for context, a couple of days ago in yesterday in Tampa, Florida, Jeremy the vocalist and Seth from Oh Sleeper <laughs> had a contest to see who could wear the most amount of clothing the in this horrible heat for the longest and I think that is a situation where there is no way to tell that story with photos there is just True. no good way to do that with photos it would be boring you'd have like two photos of somebody photos in a hoodie and then and a, a huge, paragraph huge paragraph of text that no one would read exactly but the video is so much it's such a better medium to tell that story on and the editing um, makes it funny yeah the editing it's funny it's funny so I think that ends up I think that's we're gonna you're gonna see that 
as a more common thing with bands. I think you guys are actually ahead of the curve on that. That's what we're hoping for. Because if you look at your Instagram feed, if you look at the Earth Groans Instagram feed, cross-checked with other bands of a similar size, no one is doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, your entire feed is videos. Like, seriously, the last, like, 20 posts are all videos. And that's so cool. They're getting good response. They're getting too. great response. So People much will even come up to us and be like, talk to us about a specific moment in a yeah. video. And it's, and oh, it's, it's it, a connection. It's, it's great. And I think that shows the personality so much better than a photo, um, which is why I've not been focusing on candid photos that much and just the videos, because I know that will tell the story better. We have problems because Instagram has a one-minute limit. Yep. And that's so hard to deal with. Um, that is. So I think... And we don't want to try to pull people You don't want to pull stuff. And I think, I think maybe doing daily tour vlogs is not the right answer. I think... I've, I've actually thought about this a lot. I thought about this a lot. Um, I'm trying to think after the alternator went out, when everyone was just pissed. Like, yeah. Because when the alternator went out, that was one of the hardest things. That was one of my hardest edits to make work. Well, we were probably in a terrible mood. Everyone was in a bad mood. And I can't, like, fault anyone for that. Your alternator went out. Like, of course you're in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, and I thought about this a lot. I actually, I talked to Chris House about it a little bit, too, because we had this nice conversation. Um, but I think the best thing is you do, like, the tour vlogs whenever it feels right. And then like, fill it with photos? No, and then you fill the rest with the second kind of video we did, which was... Uh, a mix of live performance and candid content. It was right. like a, it was a direct like half and half. And it was thing. a lot of music. A lot of music. Okay, uh, that's a I good Because th I think that that you can basically do almost independent of what someone's mood is. Right. I think that would be better because you would you would see um, the tour vlogs when they were really funny or really mm -hmm. informative instead because I because that that uh, Atlanta video was almost entirely dialogue. It was almost entirely you guys talking about what happened because I didn't want to film anyone doing stuff because, one, no one was doing anything. <laughs> and also, like, everyone was in a bad mood. So it would have been really intrusive of me to be like, hey, do that again or let me, let me get in here with my camera. Right. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting yeah, point. Yeah. So one thing I would love to do maybe yeah. someday is it's kind of probably crazy, but bring... Nance to do photos yeah. for the tour and bring you to film the whole thing. That'd be so tight. And either do the vlogs when it feels right and the other pieces when it feels right or you do just videos as you can comfortably and we save all the footage and make a documentary. Yeah, that'd be so sick. I would love if after every single tour we released a video doc yeah. of that tour and right. people could look forward to that. People who we weren't coming to their state they could still experience what we did. Yeah. No one's doing that. And, that. and that would be so cool because I wouldn't really have to focus on producing daily content. Right. I could focus more on just floating around mm -hmm. and kind of just observing. Dude, we need, to, we need to think about this. That'd be really cool. That'd be so I sick. could. I think you could still do that with one person because you could adopt a more traditional approach of posting photos every day because I've still been making photos every day. That's true, yeah. I've still been producing what, like really great concert photos every day. And if you take... If you give us, sometimes you give us 40, 50 photos a night, yeah, yeah. that gives us photos for weeks. Yeah, that gives you stuff to post, and then I can create. Because the thing is, I probably almost have enough footage now to make a tour documentary. And I'm going to try to do it when I get home. Yeah? Because, like, I think I have enough. But I would 100% have enough if we had that idea from the beginning. Yeah. If we had the idea of we'll post photos every day, tour vlogs whenever it feels natural, and then we're collecting footage. Honestly, if we didn't have to shoot the music video, we could probably do that on this tour. Yeah. Um, we are, so what Peter's talking about is we're doing a music video for our song called Allure. Yep. So he's filming that almost every night, right? Yeah, every night. Pretty much every so night. So I'm going to be editing that when we get home. Yep. But that is a lot of extra work, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think... This is totally experimental, too. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, so I think, like, you could have someone like me doing daily photos sometimes daily tour vlogs yeah but then the main goal is that we're collecting all this footage to then make a like 10 15 minute oh. tour documentary at the end yes. of it that That's goes on like 
I don't know what platform because it couldn't be, it couldn't be Instagram. It would um, be YouTube thing. Be YouTube and per, you could post directly to Facebook for. Oh yeah, the I, I, th- ones. I think actually Facebook will be huge. Uh, because Facebook does really good with videos. That's true, yeah. Well, they don't like YouTube links because they want you to post natively. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think that could be huge. And that would be a really sweet piece of content Yeah. Uh, to make. I so, think if we started doing that this year, we could really jump the curve. Oh, my God, yeah. And be that band that's, oh, they're going to, I can't wait to see their tour documentary after tour. Yep. Every time. Yep. People would look forward to that. It'd be crazy. Okay. So, yeah. so I want to shift gears kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. just ask you, so which one, did you start doing photo or video first? Photo. And which one do you like more? Um, I actually started doing, I definitely started photo first, but video came very quickly after. I was obsessed with cinematography Yeah. when I started. Um, so pretty quickly on, I learned like how to shoot cinematic video. I learned all that stuff. But... I started enjoying photos so much more that I completely cut off video. Um, so for the first couple of years of me doing stuff, it was almost entirely photo. And I actually, I was very scared of video because audio is such a huge component oh, it's of video. And it's like, I consider myself very proficient in audio, but it's in a studio setting. And I had like no concept of how to properly capture audio in the field. And that, quality. and that scared me because I actually had a couple instances where I had really, really disappointed clients because we had a great looking video, but horrible audio. Um, so I kind of just was put off from it. I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. I'll let the big boys handle it. I'm just going to do photo and get really good at it. Um, and then eventually I'm like, that's stupid. I should just get good at video and good at audio. So I did. And then that's kind of where I ended up here. So I feel like now... Weddings are 100% photo. I will not do a wedding film ever. I don't blame you. Will not ever do it <laughs> because we talked about earlier how photography is secondary to wedding photography. Wedding videography, the filming is your primary situation. Yeah. And I feel like me, I would have such a hard time because I would be so much, I'd try to be so involved as a person that I wouldn't be filming what I need to film. And it's it's hard to be discreet. It is hard to be discreet. Because you have typically you have bigger ca- cameras, more yep, gear. More gear. You so can. if you're doing photo, I like the idea of you being a like, relatable person first. And yep. you're a real, you have a great personality. So Thank I'm you. sure it's so... It's hard to get good photos and video of people if you're an uncomfortable person oh, to be around. 100%. 100%. So I think that's yeah. cool you got that down. And so... For me, I would consider, I, I, I think I really do do half and half when it comes to photo and video because wedding photography is all photo, but I do so much video for other things outside of weddings. Um, You're starting to do music videos too. Yeah, starting music videos. So I'm doing a music video for my band when we get back from tour, like a, like a month after we get back from tour. Um, and that's something I'm really excited for because it's one of my first opportunities where the budget isn't really a consideration yeah. because I'm not asking a band for money. It's just like, how much money do I want to put in? And I'm like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want Yeah, and make it cool. Uh, it's funny because we're still only spending, we're spending like 600 bucks on this music video, which still isn't a lot, but like with what we're doing, if another band asked me to do it, I'd be like, that's a $2,000 oh, yeah. setup. Like, well, for sure. because then you're, you're getting paid for shoot, shoot days, Editing. edit time. Yeah. yeah. Your gear. Yep. Because I'm, I'm the kind of person where I don't want to accept a project if we can't do it right. And I so love that. what I mean is like if a band wants to hire me for a music video that involves like actors and props and locations, I'm going to pay all of those people. Yeah. And if the band can't afford it, then I'm just not going to do it. Because, because I don't want to ask an actor or a location to let me do this for free to then not have to put that cost on the band. I'm not going to lose money on it. I'm not going to pay for it out of pocket and just deal with it. And also, I, I want it to be the best that it can be. Um, so I'm just not going to accept the work if it's not going to be financially feasible for anybody to do it. Right. Um, which is part of the reason why I haven't done a whole lot of music videos because <laughs> the bands reaching out to me just like don't want to pay a lot of money for it, which is fine. I get it. But it just means that it's not something that I'm creating very often. So I think this music video is going to be a great piece for me to also market to bands who want to do it more. And you're in a cool position where since you are making good money doing wedding photos and stuff, you're not having to accept every crappy video offer. Exactly. Like, hey, can you do a music video for 200 bucks? Yep, I'm taking only what I want. Nah, bruh. Yep. 
I'm not doing that. So I think I think that's going to create. I think that's going to be much more beneficial. Yeah. Than just taking every job. Uh, but it should be cool. And then I do videos for like businesses. So like relentless, relentless, relentless that. So relentless is a company based out of Nebraska that makes all earth grown's merch. Um, but they're homies, they're friends. They're all in bands as well. Um, so I've started to do more social media videos for them as well. I see they're relentless in, screen printings videos everywhere. Yeah. And they're another company where they're also very funny. So I've been able to do a lot of the same things that I'm doing here for them as well. And then I also just started doing videos for Iron Brush Tattoo. Yeah, baby. I'm um, doing as much stuff for them. I'm actually hyped because when I get back from tour, we have so much stuff to film. I have Iron Brush Tattoo yeah. on my leggy. The, Ro- the Road Dogs Tattoo. I actually didn't know they did that. That's yeah. cool. Um, Brian did it. Hell yeah. Uh, so it's been, it's been rad. And so there's been so much more video recently. But I like that there's a very clear cut. Yeah. In that I'm a wedding photographer, but I do videography everywhere else. Yeah, and I feel like that's established and people know that. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I have two brands. Like my wedding photography brand says nothing about the video I do. My wedding photography brand is literally just weddings and nothing else. So do you ever get contacted asking people asking for you to film a wedding? Yeah. I just say no. Yeah. Okay. I, I just prefer whoever I'd want to work with. I have a few guys that I just know do great work Mm -hmm. because my whole philosophy with wedding photography is to do one thing and do it really well. And I hold that same expectation of my vendors, you know? So when I refer a videographer, I want someone who only does wedding videos and who's really good at it. So I have a few of those people. Um, and I I'd much rather just refer them than try to do both. Because that just won't work. Uh, dude, I feel like there's too many people trying to do both. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know some really good wedding photographers that are trying to do wedding video when they don't really want to. Yeah. And it shows because it it's shows. not good. Yeah. I, I would much rather team up, like partner up with a videographer. And you want to give people good stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather partner up with a videographer and offer a collection that includes both rather than trying to say hey i will do both that's so much pressure because it's so much pressure one of them's gonna be bad honestly they're probably both gonna be bad like if you try to split yourself between doing wedding photos and wedding videos they're both gonna suck like yes your couple's gonna get wedding photos and a wedding video but they're not gonna be good right um two mediocre things instead of two really good things it might be a little more money i've also i'm also very real about this with my couples because i have couples who are they hire me and, like, I'm expensive, but they're like, hey, do you know an affordable videographer? And I'm like, don't. Like, just don't even do it. Because my opinion is that if you're going to have a wedding video, you need to hire someone who charges a lot of money. Because I think if the option was have no wedding video or have a bad wedding video, <laughs> having none is better than a bad one. Yeah. Because a bad wedding video will probably, will more than likely make the photos worse. Mm-hmm. Because a bad videographer is going to get in my way or just bring down the mood of the day. Because right. I, And it's happened to so many of my couples where they hire like a family friend for video or just some guy who just doesn't know what they're doing and it makes the whole day harder. It makes my job harder. It brings down the morale of everybody around them. Yeah. So my whole opinion is, Spend the money or just don't do it. Spend that dank cash. Really, and do it. Because I think they're great. A good wedding video is priceless. I think a good wedding video is just as important as wedding photos. But if you're not, if you're going to pick one or the other and you pick photos, just don't even have a video. Like, yeah. Honestly, just don't. Because it, it, it's you're, you're going to be mad when you look back at it. Yeah. Like, you're gonna it watch, could spoil that memory. You're going to watch this crappy wedding video and <laughs> just be mad that you paid $700 for it. Versus if you pay, you know, two, two and a half thousand dollars for an amazing wedding video that makes you cry every time you watch it, that's the money you spent isn't even going to matter. It's going to be so valuable to have that plus amazing wedding photos. So, yeah. What were you even talking about? I forget. I don't know. I, so I was also thinking how you're young, you're 22, 22. How old were you when you realized you were an entrepreneur? Uh, or you wanted to be one. I was 18. Yeah. What was, happened that clicked? A lot of things. So when I was 18, um, I had been, this was in 2015. Yeah, baby. Uh, so I was photographing. I had been, I had been photographing for about 
like six or seven months. Um, and I graduated high school, went to college. I was actually an engineering major when I oh, went to college. I forgot about that. I was a programmer doing all that stuff. I wanted to go work for Google. That Just was like into the mainframe. That was my end game was I wanted to go work for Google. The end game. The end we, game. We know the true meaning. <laughs> Peter's end game. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to, that was my dream was to work for Google. And very quickly, I realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. And as photography picked up, I learned that you can't be an engineering student and also have a life. Like, they're they're not compatible. Um, so pretty early, I'm like, engineering's not for me. So I flunked engineering. I think I ended my first semester with a 1.4 GPA. Yeah, baby. Good old academic probation. <laughs> um, so, then I, so then I went undeclared for a semester and I did business for a semester and then I did fine arts for one and a half years before I actually ended up just dropping out of college completely. And through all this time, my photography business was only going up. It was mm -hmm. only growing. So within my first year after I um, knew I was going to flunk engineering, that's when I went and actually incorporated. That's when I wow. was an LLC. So I was actually, it's funny. I started photography in January of 2015, and I was a business owner by September of 2015. When you say started photography, you bought a camera, bought your camera, and started snapping photos. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's because awesome. Because for me, it was all or nothing. Like when I bought, I didn't buy because so many of my friends like they have cameras, but they don't use them. I bought my camera and I used the hell out of it. I love. So that. from January to September, that's when I formed an LLC. That's when that's when Intrepid Visuals became a thing. That's when I named it that. Um, and then uh, that's when I flunked engineering. So I was building this business through college. And eventually I came to a crossing point where I, uh, my business was doing really well. But also the art school was taking up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And it was a crossing point. Do I go to art school and let my business suffer? Or do I, do, do I drop out of school? and go do my business. And I was at a point where I was actually going to take out a loan. I had managed to get through college debt-free at this point. Yeah. Um, Dang, so it was so like, I, if I go for one more semester, I have to get a loan. Like I, it, and it has to, ha it was funny because I was looking at my college, like my, like my, my red situation with all my courses and everything and like what I owed. And I'm like, I will literally, if I drop out now, I will only have to pay $200. <laughs> but it was now. If I wait one day, I have to pay $1,000 to drop out. That oh, was the difference. Man. Because it was basically like the way UNL worked. I went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln for anyone curious. Um, the way it worked was if you dropped if you dropped a course within a certain number of days uh, or b before a certain deadline, you got all your money back. Okay. And then it was you got 75% back, then 50 back, and then 25% back, and then you got nothing back. Oh, just, just, just different crazy deadlines. deadline. So I was between the 25% to 50%. So the difference was I'm going to pay $200, or it was something like that, $200, $300, or $1,000. You made so a I, good choice. So I call my mom, and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to drop out of college now. And I, had, <laughs> I, we, I talked to my mom for like two hours just about everything that was going to happen um and it ended with me because it was funny because my mom was trying to convince me to stay yeah. as a mother would probably do for anybody and it's funny she came to the conclusion that i should drop out that's like she awesome. she convinced herself because we're we're just talking about like what my plans were you know and like all that like later term stuff and eventually she's like you know what i i think i agree with you like you should drop out that's so good that it didn't yeah. cause tension it's funny i called my dad and he's like yeah do it like he, my dad didn't even my dad did wow. not even at that point it's like a sign from yeah. the universe or and God it was or funny whatever. because once one semester before that one semester before this i remember getting both my parents like my parents are divorced so like getting them together is like super hard oh um, okay but and they're they're fine but it's they're both busy so there's no like there's no easy way for me to talk to my mom and my dad in the same room like i have to be like hey can we all meet up at this coffee shop and talk yeah um so i remember in that f semester before i was like hey i want to drop one course so i have more time and they're like no absolutely not interesting i wanted to go from 12 credit hours to nine credit hours that was my request and they're like nope can't do that and then within that semester i'm like <laughs> i want to drop out and they're like yeah go for it um because <laughs> Man, because up. in well in that time i had proven that this business could work 
Like I was making money. I remember calling my dad being like, hey, I just signed a $2,000 wedding today. And he was like, whoa. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. So you had some legit proof. I had legit, I, I had income. Yeah. And I'm like, I am making money and it's working. Yeah. Um, so that made the whole comp. Because at, at the time when I asked them to drop a course, I didn't really, I was still shooting a lot of concerts and I wasn't, I didn't have like sustainable income. And it was funny because I tried having sustainable income before, mm-hmm. uh, right when I got into college, um, I was working a part-time job as a web developer because why like I was, a, was in the engineering program in the first place. Right. I quit that job and I had like three months before I got my job at Rockbrook where I tried to like survive off my photography and it just wasn't happening. Huh. I, I had to sell so much stuff Whoa. to like survive. Dude, it was so insane. Cool. Like when I was living in the dorms, like I had to get rid of so much stuff to like pay for my business. Do you remember the saddest thing you had to sell? Uh, let me think. Oh, I had to sell so many guitars. Oh, that hurts so bad. I had to sell guitars. Make it sound like you had like thirteen guitars. No, I had like three. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was crazy. Um, when I eventually moved out of the dorms into my apartment, that was such a low point. Because I remember distinctly, it was November of one, I forget, I think it was November of 2016, where I, like, I was paying my, I was paying all my own bills and doing all that stuff, and, like, I was barely making it, (laughs) and, like, all my money was going to rent and utilities, and I had to basically strip myself of everything that I owned that wasn't essential, so, like, I'm trying to think, I sold so much stuff. Like, I sold TVs, I sold furniture. any Literally, anything I did not need, I just sold it. I sold a bunch of music gear, I sold, like, a, a true bunch minimalist. of crap. I just, like, it was, I needed to. Hey, um, I have a question. Yeah. Keep telling the story. I need to text Jeremy to come pay for more parking. Is <laughs> there security everywhere out here do it and we have like eight minutes before okay. we get a ticket do so it do it do it you keep keep talking about your minimalist selling yeah. skills well so i'm not actually a minimalist i have so much stuff but it was at this point in my life it was very very necessary to get rid of anything to just get any amount of money that i could to keep going and that's eventually when i realized like the time is not now um I needed to have more. I needed to have like a job and everything. And I think remembering when that was is what got me to then try really hard to make it a real thing. Because I'm like, I don't ever ding, ding, ding. There's some wild <laughs> stuff. There's a lady riding by on a ding, ding bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never wanted to have to deal with that again. And I think that is when I was like, I know what I need to survive. I know when that. Okay. <laughs> I'm on it. Okay, uh, Caden's coming to pay for the parking. Good. Uh, so I, I just ended up not working at the time, but that made me work so much harder to make it work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it all ended up boiling up. And in 2017 is when I dropped out of college. And then the beginning of 2018 is when I quit my job. And that's when I was officially full time nice. as a photographer. Gosh, you're a beast. Yeah, it was like, so much you. more recent than I imagined. Yeah, it was. The thing is, everything's been so fast. I think I never subscribed to the viewpoint of waiting for something, like, which which is good and bad. Yeah. I'm so impatient. Um, <laughs> but you're a go getter. Yeah, I'm a go getter, and it's 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 had good and negative effects. But the best effect is that you know, for me. I was never like too young or too new. I'm like, I'm going to do this until I literally hit a wall that says I can't like, I'm going to go until my skills limit limit me or until my money limits me or until whatever limits me. And I'm going to break past that. I never, I never, I was never like, I'm never just going to wait for it to happen. And that's, that's been good, but it's also been bad because there are things you just have to wait for. Like for example, I can't try to sustain myself off of a business that's been alive for like six months. Yeah, you can't just force people to hire you. Exactly. So I had to wait in the sense that I had to wait before I went full time. But I still worked super hard to develop my skills and to network. And that's where I didn't wait. I just went out and did it. I took jobs that I was probably way underqualified for, but I still did it and I still rocked it. Um, and so that's- are you saying that if you work hard... You can get somewhere. Yeah. Isn't that, cr- wild? Isn't that wild? If you try stuff. Jeremy's here. We're filming a podcast right now. 
so there's security everywhere right now and they keep walking by the van um so if you go over to that parking meter you just pay for a couple hours just swipe the card pay for a couple hours and bring the ticket in here no <laughs> Hell yeah. He just asked if he needs a license plate. We're it's doing it. One of those non license plates. Yeah. Dude, we have a freaking sweet security uh audience. We do. This okay, I a live love, security audience. I love doing the podcast on tour because you have no idea what's gonna happen while right? we're filming. Dude, it's so great. And I don't like to edit. I like it to be raw. Yeah. So it's just kinda cool. I love it. But um Okay, I have a couple more questions. Okay, cool. Um one is what are some what's your long term goal with visual art? Oh, if man. you have any, if you have any long-term goals or maybe just a, a wild dream. I think my dream is I want, I, I, my long-term goal is still shooting weddings. I'm one of the weird people that I really, really do enjoy shooting weddings. I think that's amazing. Because so many people see wedding photography as like low on the totem pole. Like it's something you just do to get by, but I really enjoy it. But what I want to do is eventually I want to condense all my weddings into like two months. Like, I want to shoot weddings, like, two months out of the year. Okay. And just grind nonstop. <laughs> so, for two months, I'm just constantly shooting. And then just live in Jamaica for 10? No, I want to <laughs> tour for the rest of it. Oh, okay. Because I, I do enjoy touring now that I've done it, like, for a month. Like, I want to continue doing it, but I can't do it all the time. So, if you knew which months you could book in, exactly, you know you could tour. Like, if I'm, like, I'm going to shoot weddings only in... Uh, August, September, and October. Those three months. Are those book, the hot months for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll book like 20 weddings in those three months. Just kill myself in those three months. <laughs> but then I can tour all the other months. Yeah. And that is such a cool concept. Um, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's it's possible, but it's 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 a it's a ways out. Yeah. Um, the other option is just to charge so much for weddings that I only have to take on like five or ten a year yeah. to make a living. That's also a I, thing. I think that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's gonna be a mixture of doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, it's okay, dude. Let's do it. It's, this is a beautifully unedited podcast. Don't worry about it. Jeremy saved the day, and he got us more parking. It means we're not getting a ticket. Before we got a ticket. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if I have any other long-term. I mean, that, I mean that's the biggest one, is I ultimately, what I've come to, you'll probably agree with me on this, what I've come to appreciate about being an entrepreneur is being able to give so much more of myself to, like, my friends and my family. Yes. Because, like, for example, if it's 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, and someone's like, hey, let's get lunch, I'm like, dope, I'm there. Yeah, can't, you can make it happen. I can't really do that when I'm working a nine to five. And that's something that's, I can't really give that up. And so for me, I ultimately want to be in a situation where I have the financial freedom to continue doing that yeah. and eventually do that for my family. I mean, you got a great start by having no college debt. Yeah. That's, oh my God. I mean, I have so a lot of, far ahead. I have other debt. Don't get me wrong. I got, I'm, I'm in debt, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not debt, in, I'm not in college I'm in debt. debt. I think I, I'm in like $10,000 of debt. But that's like so that's much nothing. less than most people. I would have been in probably forty thousand dollars of debt that's if I had gone through college. At, yep. Because of Christian college <laughs> and my own decision to go there that I kind of regret. Yeah, yeah. So I think ultimately I guess I like being able to give myself to the ones that matter. Yeah. And I guess want to continue doing that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think that sounds like a very beautiful and healthy life that yeah. you'll be able to live. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay, before we go, okay. Um, I have a couple of rapid fires. All right, for let's do Just it. Just a few, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's All do right. it. So, uh, the most important one, shrimp or beef? Beef. And why? Uh, I like meat. Okay, God bless you. Prime lenses or zoom lenses? Primes. Why? Uh, intentional limitations make you more creative. Gosh, you're beautiful. <laughs> Canon color or Fuji color? Fuji color. Are and, you joking? Uh, well, I know you switched <laughs> to Fuji. Yeah. But some people just rave about Canon color. I, it's good, but... Fuji's better. I think Fuji's <laughs> better, too. Uh, suck at Canon lovers. Yep. And reverb or delay? Uh, delay. Why? Um, I think reverb has... It depends what you're using it on. Yeah. So, for example, I only used uh, reverb on like a snare drum mm -hmm. because it adds body but i don't ever use reverb on vocals yeah i use delay on vocals because you add reverb to create space but reverb sort of 
takes thing, takes audio and puts it into the background. But delay can also add space mm -hmm. without making something sit in the background. So like for a lead vocal, you can put delay on a lead vocal and the vocal will still sound very front, very, very like apparent in the mix. Yeah. But then you have delay that gives it the space that you want. So okay. I'm delay over reverb every day. And for people who don't know, Peter <laughs> somehow is also a musical <laughs> genius. You have perfect pitch. Yeah. You're really good at audio engineering uh -huh. stuff. And you're a really good guitar player. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. One time at a show in Omaha. Oh, God. We sometimes we end with this really cool song called Eclipse. And there's this break at the end with this big open chord and a few bars of free space. I gave you my guitar. Yep. And I uh, screamed with Jeremy the last lines as you played the riff. Yep. That was so That was sick. so fun. Oh, I wish. I wish we were oh, doing that on this tour. I, if we were playing Eclipse, oh, I would, we would we do could that. totally do that. We would do that so much. But we don't have really space in our other songs. We could, I, we could do it in Avarice. We, at the end, yeah. you could play the da 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 I don't know what I would do because there's no... That's the thing. I would just be like is you, the, the reason Eclipse worked so well is because you had a vocal part. Yeah, I have a prominent that's vocal That's why it there. worked. Yeah, that's true. You could just do the vocal part with Jeremy, but it's not on record. I could just mosh. You could mosh. Or I could just take my pants off and dive into the crowd. Maybe maybe the last day of tour. Maybe we think about it. Yeah. Let's, let's think okay. about it. Yeah, we can work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I keep forgetting to do this in my podcast, but I need to shout out my patrons. Dope. Would you like to do it with me? Yeah. So these are my patrons. Are we going this back and forth? Yeah. So let's just go back and forth. So okay. thank you so much to all my patrons and all the security guards and bystanders around this podcast right now um, for making this possible because this is really fun. I get to hang with cool people like Peter yeah. and travel and stuff. So here are my beautiful little patrons. Kellen, <laughs> Kellen Gillaspie, Gillaspies. He's a good boy. Jacob Murray. Justin and Meredith Boggs. Corey McNair. Luke Carmichael. We met him. We met, we him. met him. Yep. Eric Dollister. Yep. Oh, gosh. I keep screwing this page up. Uh, Manny Zapata. Coolest name ever. Andrew. Banks Nash. Brandon Anderson. Brandon Stager. Caleb Ginger. Chris House. My boy Chris House. <laughs> Christian Reddle. You met him too. He's my bald yeah, friend yeah. in Nashville, yeah. Daniel Peacock. Uh, Dev Devin Nicole. <laughs> Dylan Cabral. Elijah Ruman. Hannah Markley. Jared McCoskey. Jason Hackworth. Jennifer Mayfield. That's my mommy. Yep. Jesse Friday. John F F Fleischman. <laughs> yep. Jonathan Lane. Josh Roth. Josh Huey. Cash Carter. Kevin Johnson. Kyle Schaffer. Schaefer. Schaefer. Matt Leal. <laughs> Michael Mayfield. Michael Weeble. Nate Christian. Noah Watson. Perry Mulder. Reagan Carrier. Seth King. Tony Stanton. Tyler Beakley. And Zachary Thayer. Hell yeah. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. Um, you're legit paying my upcoming bills this month, <laughs> which is really freaking cool. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> yep. Thank you so much. And um, if you're interested in becoming a patron, it would mean so, so much to me. Just go to patreon.com slash Zachariah Mayfield or just find the Patreon app in the App Store and search Zachariah Mayfield. You get bonus vlogs, access to the podcast one week early, the, the video podcast, and shout-outs and all my stuff. So thank you so much. Cheers, Peter. Cheers. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're done, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it.